Alola. Nice whole notes. The wholest of notes. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the eighth episode of our mini series, Alola from Pokemon Sun and Moon. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Irene. Hi there. Hi there. And I have Micah. Hello. Here we all are. Hello. Hello. Uh. <laughs> all right. For spoiler purposes, let me tell you what this episode's going to entail. We're going to start off with finally meeting the boss of Team Skull. And we are going to end with the ghost trial. Spoiler alert. The next trial's a ghost trial. There we go. Yeah, we don't have to go past that. I think that'll be enough. Might be a shorter episode depending on how much we have to say about this stuff. But let's start off here with leaving the mount. I don't even remember what this mountain's called. I don't either. Mountain, leaving Mount Mountain. Mount uh, Mountain. And Hokulani? Uh, I think it's Hokulani. The second tallest mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first tallest is Lanakia. Lanakia. Or maybe I got that backwards. No, Lanakia is the tallest one. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. You can leave this mountain, uh, go about halfway down the mountain, take the bus all the way down, and then you can head over to... Uh, oh, sorry. You have to return the mask, Professor Kukui. Well, you have to go yes. to the garden. To the Mali garden. Yep. And when you enter the Mali garden to return the mask to Kukui, you, uh, we meet a new face. Uh, this is something that the press releases showed off earlier. Uh, I think we might have mentioned... Before we meet him... Professor Kukui is facing off with two Team Skull grunts. Oh, right, right, right. And, and saying- he actually says, shout out to all the wrestling fans, you've got to beat the man to be the man. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I think he's this trying is a to real up, character. <laughs> I think he was trying to set up a battle royal, royal battle royal, whatever. Yeah, yeah, he was trying yeah, to set a, up a, a four person fight. Yeah. Um, and then I hope you have a quote written down, but, um, Guzma. I have a couple here from this. Okay. So the leader of Team Skull, Guzma, shows up, approaches you and Kukui, and seems to have some beef with Kukui. Yeah. Real quick before you get to your quotes, uh, it seems like both Guzma and Kukui grew up slash knew each other. And yep. they were both trying to be trial captains, but were not good enough to be a trial captain. Uh, Kukui then defends himself, saying that he could have been a trial captain if you wanted to, but he wanted to focus on studying Pokemon moves. Yes. And he had other things on his plate at the time. And implies that Guzma just was not good enough. Yes. Right. Uh, and Generally. then before we get to the quotes... Uh, Kukui says that you are uh, a trial goer and mm-hmm. that you're doing extremely well and that he is confident that you could beat Guzma because that's how, that's how much confidence he has in you. Yeah. So Guzma then asks you why you're even bothering with the trials. And I, do you guys remember what you answered for I think this? I said yes. to like, challenge the Elite Four or like to be the best or whatever the option okay. was. I think I said the other one. I chose because it will make me stronger. That's what I said. And his response was, no, it won't, you dumb kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Anything else he said? Yeah. He, he, he says that, um, he tells Kukui that he's going to destroy him 
and everything he cares about, which is a pretty big, like, that's pretty serious. Yeah. And then he says, want to see what destruction looks like? Here it is in human human form. It's your boy, Guzma. <laughs> I knew that you were going to write that down. I think I started writing that down, and then I changed my mind. It's your but, boy. It's your boy, Micah. But but um, what I thought was really interesting, I just thought the whole conversation was really interesting. I didn't write down any specific quotes, um, but I know that there was a part, because earlier Kikui was talking about how he wants to start a Pokemon League for the area and all that stuff. And then yeah. I think Guzma was saying um, how we shouldn't follow in anyone else's footsteps um, and how we should make a place for themselves without copying anyone else. Something like that. And I was just like, that seems really interesting. And then, I don't know, I, it made me think of how I feel like every single conversation that we've had with like an NPC that's relevant. Um, yeah. Uh, it has been coherent and it's not, it just makes sense. A lot of it like makes sense to me of like why this, per- like what someone's motivations are and mm-hmm. why they're saying these things. All of that makes a lot of sense rather than me being like, oh, this is just a lot. This is really extra. Um, but I didn't really, that didn't, that's not really what um, came There's really to clear me. intent with a lot of the yeah, NPCs, and especially, which I think is cool. Yeah. Especially because I feel like after seeing this conversation between Kakui and Guzma, it's like, oh, he's just pressed because he wasn't named a trial person. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like all these characters have very clear or very established goals or mindsets. Yeah. And thinking of other generations and even, even, we- between these recordings, uh, all three of us have been watching the Pokemon anime, and not to bring back up Team Flare, but uh, in the XYZ anime, uh, we were watching Lysander like talk and act, and it's it's pretty similar to the game. I mean, the mind the mindset's still there of of Lysander preparing to destroy the world because he you know, doesn't think it's, he wants to make it beautiful by starting over. And right. it's, it's pretty much the same thing along the games. And also, uh, as we were, we were talking last, like two episodes ago, how Lysander is supposed to be the, the bad guy. And they, they present him to you right away of like, oh, like you don't, he's not the bad guy. And then here's the twist of like, oh, it's Lysander. Who would have guessed? <laughs> uh, but even in the anime, uh, you see Lysander talking to Sycamore and talking to all these characters, and he's like so well presented and so well spoken, and everyone seems to like him and agree with him. And then that charisma, he's that, got doesn't, the charisma. that doesn't come through in the game, mostly based just because of his appearance. Like he looks like Team Flare. Yeah. And obviously, NPCs in the anime who you're just watching, of course, they could be fooled by that. But as a player in the game, that's very hard to fool you, especially. Since not only is he wearing Team Flare's colors, but he has this like radiant hair. Yeah. But going back to why I think that almost every character in this game is so well established with their mindset and their goals is is while we were watching the anime, it was it was kind of like what is Team Flare's goal? Like why do they care about money? Which is something that TPCI said a lot. Like oh, you know they care about money. This is why they're bad. Blah blah yeah. blah. They also care about fashion. That was another thing TPCI said about Team Flare. But then it's like, 
why do they have five scientists and why are they wearing like well they care about a like a world reset which is their main motive but then their supplemental motives are like we also really want money and right and it's which like, is, doesn't seem to really line up line up and like then, if you if you're destroying the world to start a new one what's the point of having money yeah what do you need money for what one of the characters one of the characters in lysander's cafe uh says that if you want to join team flare that costs five million polka dollars to join and it's like okay well if they're destroying the world why why do they like why put such a high price in joining like do they need the money to build the cannon build the cannon but the cannon's already built because they use the cannon maybe they need to pay the The, researchers the the cannon tax (laughs) yeah the uh kalos cannon tax but also with team flare it's uh you have the five scientists with their star trek visors yeah they're the admins and whatnot but it's like what how does that fit in with their motive of of being caring about money why why where does the visors come in is that well i had commented that of those villains lysander is the only one who's kind of like the middle ground charismatic like you can understand where he's coming from but he's he has you know poor intentions but everybody else in team flair is just like <laughs> i'm a bad guy <laughs> yeah lysander like like we saw in the anime and like they tried to for uh they, what they tried to like show you in the coffee shop when you first meet him because he is he's standing next to diana when you first meet her yeah which is the the Kalos Lee champion uh and and sycamore i believe sycamore is there but like all of them are getting along and having this conversation but then again when you you see lysander and you have to battle him 700 times in x and y he puts on this jetpack that has like these little arms that come off. He puts on this Oculus Rift on his eyes. Like it's just it it, it That's just, what they need all that money for. R- they need money it's to his power villain the accessories. power the the steam vibe that goes on across their eyes. Yeah. It just seems like they they went in a couple different directions with with Team Flare and they didn't know where to settle it on. It felt like they were do- trying to do too many different like brands of villain yeah and and you look at some someone like uh team magma and it's like okay they care about ground all their pokemon match at like all their uniforms match like and you see team aqua and you're like okay that's the complete opposite they care about water all their they're, they're like pirates like their theme right. is kind of all the way through and then team rocket they're the italian mob giovanni or japanese mob japanese mob and even with and they have cats and uh, <laughs> even even with uh, team and... plasma like they they fit this theme that kind of fits and i don't think team flare really fit anything that well it's almost like they tried to do too much and they ended up just being very generic yeah i don't know if generic is the word i think it's more like they just didn't make sense like when they try to when you when somebody tries to master a lot of things but they're not really good at anything in particular that's right. almost what like team flare feels like to me jack of all trades master of none yeah <laughs> but going back to right. going back to, before irene talks going back to sun and moon it just feels like it just feels like team skull is very established in, in just their character and their and the couple lines that guzma says is like okay you have a reason for doing this right yeah. You grew up with Kukui. You and Kukui kind of had the same path. You guys don't like each other. It's almost like this rivalry where at the end of the day, it's like, why why does Lysander want to blow up the world? Like, yeah, he's not happy with it. Yeah, he wants to start over. But where does that stem from? 
And, yeah. ma- and maybe some deeper lore explains that. But at least when we were watching the anime, that's not, it wasn't very clear. <laughs> yeah. uh, Irene, what were you going to say? Um, I was just going to ask you, actually, what you thought about, I guess, the disconnect between, like, Team Flair and Lysander and stuff. Like, how, I was going to ask you how that translates to Team Skull, like the grunts, compared to Guzma. Because you said that it's a lot, it's really established, but from my perspective, it doesn't seem very consistent. In, in terms of like the way that I see it is goals. Like the, f- the flare grunts are just straight up evil whereas Lysander is evil but he has ways of explaining his motives that make it seem less evil yeah than the grunts make it like he has the charisma the grunts just look evil they look like supervillains with their crazy outfits and their bad ideas and also you have to buy into the fact that every single member of team flair one had five million dollars to join right and then two are clearly the worst trainers in the entire world (laughs) whereas for team skull the grunts are what you would imagine grunts to be in an organization and guzma while he has layers to what gives him his intentions clearly is defined as an evil leader for those grunts. Yeah, Guzma to me screams the the person that you you see in high school that says they're better than you in everything they do. Oh, I could have won that race. I just didn't I just didn't try. Or like, oh, I could have gotten that college scholarship, but you know, whatever, I don't need it. Like the like Guzma is the the person that says they're better with you, better than you in every other way, but never actually has the motivation to do that. And I think that's very reflective in the grunts. They are just they believe the fact that yes, Guzma is great. Guzma is awesome, but it was easy to join, it was easy to get in, and because he doesn't have the motivation to do things himself, he doesn't expect that motivation from them. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more of how it kind of seems like, you know, how sometimes if you're at a company or something and if you're an executive or you're higher level, you know more information. And when you're lower level, you don't know nearly as much. You have a vague idea of things, but you can't really. It's kind of like, okay, this is our mission. This is what I know. And these are these things that I know about the company and stuff but i don't know how much of that how much of what that base level is in comparison to how much of the actual information that's at the topest level highest level is true i don't know if that's really making any sense no that makes sense yeah and i actually think that there are aspects of how that can be done better certain organizations rather than as opposed to how it was done for team flair that we can talk about at it as we get further into this but specifically for team skull i think because it's such a i don't know the term for it it's it's such a 
like lower brand of evil like a it's it's such like a base brand it's like the of opposite evil of team flair evil yeah like it's team not flair wanted all the money we're charismatic we're uh you know it's it's not culty evil the way that team flair felt yep yeah i think uh another way to look at it to piggyback off your statement um and before i get to that there's like a lot of plates spinning here if you look at like team galactic uh they fell apart once maxi got teleported to the distortion world so they were so loyal and believed so much in maxi even though they believed it and even though they were following him once he disappeared they didn't know what to do even though maxi clearly laid out his plans yeah they just fell apart and so to your point of like usually you said somebody in the company who's higher should know more and should and you know should understand things better. I actually don't agree with that to that extent. I feel like if I owned a company, I would only hire people that were smarter than me. I would never want to hire people that are or like not smart because I want my company to succeed. So do you think that's what's happening with Team Skull? I'll go out on a limb and say that that I feel like is a rarity in this day and age. Yeah, I right. definitely but- but like that's the mindset like like for for example like my job i am a front end web web developer so you know i would hope or hope that my bosses hired somebody who knew a lot about front end web design because i don't think that they in their positions know that right i don't think that my bosses know how to code or how to build a website yeah but there's they should have the understanding like who we hire should know how to do that but i think in the perspective of uh the the evil group for the Pokemon games. It's a very one dimension of grunts are there to be the grunts and basically just well, act as a wall sure. for anything that would be considered yeah. resistance while you're trying to get your motives. Right. And, to th- and that's what I kinda wanted to explain upon. So if you look at like Team Aqua and Team Magma, they clearly hired slash recruited people that are smarter than them. Both Courtney and the pirate girl that doesn't wear any clothes, I can't remember her name, they both warned uh, Maxie and Archie like what would happen if they awoke Kyogre and Groudon. Like, oh, they yeah. yeah. Under, okay. They understood the consequences. The I was di- having a hard time remembering what you were talking about for a moment. The difference is those, those two leaders, both respectively, just didn't listen to their employees that clearly knew the outcome. Which I feel like is more accurate to what modern (laughs) companies are like. So you look at at someone like Team Flair, and they're only letting in people that can pay that fee to get in. They only want the rich people there. And I feel like Guzma is the complete difference of all those companies. So instead of like... Instead of uh, having restrictions of, okay, I only want the rich people here, or instead of, I want the smart people here, but I'm not going to listen to them, he goes, ah, just join. I don't have the motivation to, like, command you. You guys don't really have the motivation to do anything and steal. We're a family. Like, that's the thought I'm getting. I actually, in discussing this, and I don't remember who it's, I think you, Steve, had said that it reminds you of the, like, bully in high school yeah steve said that i think that actually brings up an interesting point in explaining what guzma's personality is like in that he 
does really seem like the high school bully that is loud and aggressive because he's not getting the appreciation that he thinks he deserves. And as that bully personality hires underlings that he can kind of bully around because they're not as uh, strong or aggressive right. or whatever it is he is. And, and grunts have said, you know, after this point, after you meet Guzma, obviously the grunts start talking about Guzma more, but none of the, all the, it, you, you battle Guzma in the future. Just spoiler. Uh, I don't think that's that much of a spoiler. As, I'm pretty like, sure you battle every NPC that you run into at multiple some times. <laughs> if you think battling how is annoying, don't you battle Guzma quite a, quite a couple times, but, uh, the grunts are always impressed that you can beat Guzma. Yeah. Because they can't. And so you, you see this a lot in, in like high school settings of there's always, you know, your cliques or whatever, and there's maybe a clique of bullies or, or let's, let's go to something like the Simpsons, right? You have, yeah. you have all the bad kids like Nelson and Jimbo and, and Kearney, right. like they are all bullies and sometimes Bart joins them as a bully in certain situations, but Bart isn't. It isn't like them. Like, he can be a bully. He yeah. can be mean. He can not do his homework like them. He can steal and vandalize like the other bullies. But they are at another tier than Bart is. Right. And I feel like Guzma is that tier of being a Nelson. And the grunts are more of like a Bart. Both Nelson and Bart don't do their homework. Both Nelson and Bart. I don't know that that's a good I comparison. Because Bart doesn't fall into that in a lot of situations because he kind of has a moral he's compass. He's very independent. Right. He's, right. Bart is more independent. Like, uh, that, that, totally. There are, of... there are just specific episodes where Bart fits that mold when the yeah. story needs it. Right. Because obviously the, the, well, I, there are episodes where Bart and Nelson get along. There are opposites when they hate each other. There are opposites where obviously the Simpsons isn't coherent like like we're talking here. I'm just giving an example yeah. of like Guzma is a higher what... tier bully the the grunts are lower tier bullies. I, they look up to that higher tier bully because they can't beat that higher tier bully. Yeah, I guess like trying to clarify on what I was originally saying is I just think that Guzma's just being more idolized by the grunts. Yes. And they're just really naive. It's like, oh, yeah. well, Guzma, like Guzma's like this and they're not questioning anything. So, like... I would actually equate to when you were talking about the grunts being impressed that you're able to beat him. Yeah. More to, like, if you... Like, think of a classic, I don't know, coming-of-age high school movie, whatever, where there's a bully and the, you know, good kid stands up to the bully and, I don't know, beats him in a fight or something. All of the other bullies that are under the main bully are impressed that that kid is able to beat up the main bully. Right. Yeah. It's it, that kind of dynamic. It's yeah. very simple in that it's there's a main bully and there's underlings yeah. and the underlings look up to the main bully. Yeah. yeah. And I guess like my original, like my, my statement. I guess that's for- where my Bart story was going. It just didn't work out. <laughs> yeah. I there think are episodes where Bart idolizes the bullies. I yeah. think we're all basically saying the same thing in just right. different ways because like, I just keep thinking about how like, like my, with my company example, it's like this person knows a lot of stuff, but these people still work for that company, but they, they're only, they only know as much as the boss is telling them. 
Yeah. So it's just like we're parroting this because this is the only thing that I know and we're believing this is fact because why would they be why would they be misleading to me? Right. Which I think this is where it got confusing in the in the situation of Team Flair, which was what we were discussing originally. Yeah. And I Lysander as someone who is really charismatic and really loud about his beliefs and his beliefs being that the world needs a reset and there are there's potential for good, but you need to get rid of all of it in order for the good to grow and so on. He's very preachy, but. That's not parroted by preachy. his... He's pretty preachy. He's good with words. I wouldn't say well, that's preachy. He's pretty preachy as like preachy. a leader of a cult. I wouldn't say that Team Flair is a cult, though. Uh, well, this is, where I'm get, this is where I'm going with this. Lysander has that personality, and he's very, he's very vocal about his beliefs. But his grunts, or his underlings, don't seem to be parroting what he's saying. They just seem to be going, yeah, using we're bad guys. Excuse, is it using it as an excuse to be like, I want to do all of this See, other stuff? Maybe. Or, the, grunt, I know, I the grunts, are while they're bad guys, they're elitists. They're elitists because they paid to be there. They just more. They seem to have more of a mentality of, we're just bad guys, rather than, we're bad guys because we have what we consider to be good intentions. And if you really think about it, the same way that Lysander is like, this is why this is a potentially what you should believe and why that, you know, he's, he's just, he's got that charisma, that well-spoken attitude where the grunts don't, they're just like, Oh, we're bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the grunts and team flair, they, can't tell you why team flair is a thing or why they they exist but they can tell you that they are team flair because they paid the fee to be there yeah i guess the whole time i've really only been referring to team skull because i'm not i don't think i'm qualified to give for some them reason an insight about team flair steve and i are still playing x and y yeah because like I've, I've been trying it so i don't know <laughs> if that's i don't yeah so meh. yeah specifically for team skull though i think it's a pretty Simple, yeah, like, I think Team Skull is like a, a, a simpler faction, but yeah. like we said earlier, just because it's complex doesn't make it better. Right. However, I do feel like Guzma, and I think we'll get into this more as that character gets fleshed out and we discuss it, I think Guzma is one of the most interesting characters in Sun and Moon as far as like character complexity goes yeah yeah no i i I think he he's he's very interesting uh just a yes or no question from irene uh do you like team skull no all right um (laughs) real quick just the battle with quick yes or no uh battle with guzma uh it seems like (laughs) guzma loves to use bug pokemon this is what we were talking about earlier when i said the game's not harder it just seems to be positioned where can you one shot them before they one shot you uh, Irene got smoked by Guzma the first time. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, sh- she it's that Galisapod. Uh, no, it wasn't even that. It was the the spider. Arados? Yeah, because oh. it, it swords danced three times, uh, and it was it had max attack. And I was like, "Why am I losing?" And Steve grabbed it, and he was like, "Oh my god, why?" Because they have max attack. How are you supposed to do anything? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so I mean, Irene went to me and said, "Like, hey, should I should I grind in the grass before I did do anything?" And I said, "No. All I did was I moved her two can two cannon to the front, went to the Pokemon Center. She went back in, and 
you know, one-shotted Guzma it, with the cannon. It was so dumb. I was just like, <laughs> "Are you kidding?" Right, <laughs> and and yeah, it's I and I, I I strongly believe that that's kind of the situation that's playing up for a lot of people. Um, you give back the mask to Kakui. Kakui, I almost said Sycamore. Um, still playing X and Y, still trying to Sycamore figure out what happens at bay. the end of that game. This is kind of like the longest part of like nothing happening when you go from route 11 to route 12. He gives you um, the Z crystal for your starter too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Route 11 to route 12. Nothing happens too much there. You get the ride pass for Mudsdale. Mudsdale. Yeah. But other than that, it's just like, oh, this is just the longest route to get to the next town. Yeah. That was when I got distracted by making sure all my Pokemon had max affection, which was the greatest thing that I I did. <laughs> it's fantastic. Hapu so. makes a comment about how beautiful th- she thinks Lily is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, Hapu, I thought you said how at first. I was like, oh, I missed that. Oh, oh and that was... Plot points. That was, that was when we were still in the rocky area, right? Yeah. The, yeah, that's uh, when you get Mudsdale. Yeah, okay, yep. All right, so after you get the Mudsdale and go across all the rocks on Route 11 and 12 or however many 700 routes you have to Mudsdale across, you get to the next town and we see some familiar faces. So, Micah, who do we see and what happens? Uh, You run into Hal, who's really excited, and he's talking about Sophocles. And after talking to him for a bit, and then Gladion shows up, who I don't remember where we saw Gladion last. We saw him right. Prior to this. Was it right before the water truck? No, we saw him at the the, the, the hotel. Battle, the battle. Yeah, his hotel but, where he says get out. Oh, I'm he oh, want yeah. to be there. Yeah, you guys went there and then I didn't. So the last time I saw him was at the battle royal. Well, the last time we saw him, he was suggesting that maybe he wasn't as interested in Team Skull as he used to be, but nope. still was he was Team Skull strong. I thought that was before the water trial. Maybe it was. Yeah. Either way. Now he has changed his tune quite a bit, and he's telling you that Team Skull is trying to kidnap Nebby or Cosmog. Yes. I think he says Cosmog. Yeah. And I don't think he says Nebby at all. No, I don't think he does either. And he says that Cosmog itself isn't that strong, but it has the power to summon a terrifyingly strong Pokemon. Yeah, and he was just like, be... Be like, find it and keep it safe. Like, don't. Let yeah, it be because safe. he says if it if the Pokemon in question gets summoned, it would be a disaster. And he says, protect Lily, protect. In so many words, he says, protect Lily and protect Cosmog from Team Skull. I didn't know if he knew that Lily had Cosmog. I don't. Because yeah, I don't know if he said Lily. Me, he did at this me, point. I don't think he knew from because my note said that this makes me feel like Lily is a part of Team Skull. That's like what my oh. note said because I was like, "This is huh. weird," and because oh no, my mistake. How says we need to protect Lily? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gladian is just like yeah. Gladian yeah. just says protect Cosmog. That's what I have written yes. down. Okay. So then, how takes off? We find ourselves in a little outpost town. Yeah, and you sorts. can't you can't go Not north really in town. the town because it's blocked off. So the only yeah. way you can go is you know through. Uh, but we do see a couple Team Skull members, and I know one is inside like a trailer, and you ask to battle him, and the Team Skull member was like, oh, no, and just gives you a TM. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't want to battle. No. Nah, I, I got no motivation. 
There was a hotel there, and I want to ask you guys this. I wrote this down to remind me to ask you guys. There, they said that there, the staff was concerned about a stuffle that had been left in one oh, of the yeah. hotel rooms. Yeah, that and the was... trainer never came back. Yeah. Did you guys ever find? I what thought that was? no, um, I saw the stuffle, but I didn't see any I trainer. I thought then. originally that it was Gladian's room because he like rented a motel room up there. Oh yeah, but I guess I don't get why he would leave a stuffle. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe it was. Remember the stuff, the woman with all the stuffle. That yeah, she that, needs I you thought to it was another one. Get maybe it was her room. That was kind of far away though, because you yeah, had to do a lot of far. surfing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess if you know, tweet at us. <laughs> Unless it's a spoiler, maybe it's like, like for later know. on, like end game yeah, stuffle. Maybe. You you wrap around and eventually you have to go up to the ether house. I don't know. Somebody tells you you have to go up there. Uh, I got a transmission from Cinna uh, saying that, oh, when you do this, come to the ether base on Route 16. The end. But I don't, I don't, but that, that was like one thing. I know that's completely different. Yeah, that has nothing else. to do with the ether house. Because the ether yeah. house is, I don't know what it is. Like there's a, there's that purple gorilla that hangs out in it. Uh, anyways, you walk around and you go up to the ether house and you see uh, Ace Rolla up there. And. She invites you to your trial at that point. Uh, and also Lily's there. And you tell Lily to hang out here. Or Ace Rolla offers Lily like a bed, if I'm not mistaken. Or like, uh-huh. hey, you can hang out here. You can rest here. Because there are the two little kids that yeah. battle you for the first time when you walk in. And yeah. one has like a young goose and the other one has something else. It's a very easy battle. But um, Lily decides to stay there. And you decide to meet Ace Rolla down at her trial, which is on the black sanded beach. Correct. Anything else? No. I no. thought the kids were kind of funny. Yeah. They're like they were protecting cute. their house while Ace Rolla's away. Right. Which they were not really protecting anything. So is, is Ace Rolla a part of the a- Aether Foundation? Like, she seemed very friendly and very, like, welcome, w- like, welcome back to the Aether house. Um, there's dialogue for that later. I don't know that that comes up till a little bit later. Okay. But, but Acerola offered Lily to stay there. Yes. That's why I'm like, oh, okay. She, she is in charge of the Aether House, but her relation to the Aether House is not strictly such that she's part of the Aether Foundation, I guess. Okay. I guess I didn't think of it at the time. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not thinking like, this isn't Ace Rolla's house, right? Yeah, she details it a little bit later. Okay. Unless anything happens before this trial, I guess we can get to it. Uh, so the trial is. It takes place in an abandoned shopping store, like a grocery center, I would say. Uh, and it's off of the black sanded beach, which is based off a beach in Hawaii that has all black sand. No sandy oh, gas I didn't there. Know that. Yeah. That's neat. I think. Will talked about it on one episode. I don't think he's ever visited, though. Okay. Something about how, like, the sand is, like... From, like, volcanic ash or something. Yeah, and how, like, it's actually, like, not that great to walk on or something. Because it's, like, not fine. It's, like, I don't know. Yeah. So, this is a ghost trial. And Acerola modifies your Pokefinder. That thing at the beginning of the game that they held your hands for. And then, you know, you barely ever use it unless you're... Pokemon Snap. Unless you're specifically looking for it. So you have to go in and find the disturbance using the camera. Yep. 
quick note, there's a guy outside that mentions surfing Pikachu. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh so Irene, like uh walk us walk us through this this haunted mall shopping. shopping it's not a mall. Megamart it's a, or whatever it's, it's called. Smaller they than a Trader have a Joe's. Name. It's like a thrift thrifty market or something. Thrifty Mart or something. Super Yeah, the Thrifty old... Mega Mart is the name of Thrifty the, Mega Mart. Which is that's the store that you go into Before in Royal Village really great or Royal Va- Royal Avenue. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. But this is like one but this is fourth, an abandoned. This is like one fourth the size though. It's not very mega. Uh, they yeah. look like they're pretty the much size. the same size. No. It's just condensed because of all of the stuff that's everywhere. I feel like my perception of everything is so warped right now because it's like, oh wait, what did when did this happen? Yeah. Did this happen? <laughs> there's also, just before you explain this trial, there's also like a broken down highway next to it. Yeah. Which with a bunch of Murkrow that are just like hanging out. Yeah, and I was like, intimidating. What? And you. E- even if the highway was assembled, where is it going? Yeah, it's like, not going it's anywhere. Not connected it goes in a circle. It just detours you around a hill. All right, all right. Uh, Irene, walk us through this. Uh, so Ace Rolla explains about what you have to do with the Poke Finder. Um, and then uh, I went in and I liked it because it was like, oh, the conveyor belt started moving on its own. <laughs> um, and then you just have to walk up to it. And then um, your Poke Finder, like, gears up and you have to look around and find the Pokemon and take a picture of it. Which is interesting because your Poke Finder fires up on its own. Right, like you don't, you don't do it. You have to hit A on the thing. So like the oh, first okay. thing is like the conveyor belt's moving. Once you hit A to like stop it, then it opens. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think, and that happens a few times. Um, and I think uh, three times, and I think it was a Gengar, a Haunter, and a Ghastly. Yep. Yeah. And a Ghastly. In reverse order. Well, I mean, I I know yeah. that Gengar was first. No, Gengar no. was last. No, Gengar Not was for me. Gengar was Gastly. first for me. Oh, yeah, mine I'm went in order sure. of like Ghastly no, Haunter Gengar. Maybe? Yeah, it's Ghastly Haunter Gengar. I don't think they would put it in any other any other order. I know that Haunter was in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Because Ghastly evolves into Haunter, Haunter evolves into Gengar. Okay, that makes sense. Maybe it was. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. Um, and so what I thought was interesting too is that because you kind of uh move around and like uh back and forth swirly like direction um like up and down like navigating yeah through the aisles it's kind of just like zipping through um and i feel like after every interaction there was always like something that you could see in the corner that was moving and a few times i was like what is that um and then i think right before i encountered the gengar um, I saw a Pikachu run into this room in the back, and I was like, what is happening? Um, and then it was, I defeated the Gengar, and then it was like, oh, the doors to this open, right? Yeah, I think it said, like, you heard the lock unclick. Yeah. Like, all on its own. Um, and then, I don't know, like, I guess- This you- was the point where- when you go in, then your Poke Finder fires up on its own. It's supposed to be spooky, like yeah. You right. don't open your Poke Finder; it opens itself. Yeah, and yeah. this creeped me out a lot, actually, because, because uh, I started facing the wall, right? Yeah, and so I was like trying to find. I was trying to find the Pokemon, and I was like, okay, I went to the left, and then I went to the right, and then a few times I had to go up so uh to find it so i like went up and i was like i don't know and then i kept going you're in like a janitor's closet almost at this point. yeah and so it's real compact so i kept like going and i was trying to turn around and then i like 
flipped around and I just see something and I'm like, excuse me, what is going on? And then I what think- What do you see on the walls before, while you're looking around in this? Um, room. I don't, I don't think I noticed much. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. It's like the biggest tell uh, of what's I in mean, the room. I mean, There's a bunch of like Pikachu propaganda and po- like advertisements and posters with Pikachu on it. Oh. And there's like a the bunch of like pictures and like magazine a, ads. Like a crayon drawing, like a, a little kid's crayon drawing yeah, of a girl I remember holding that, hands but... with Pikachu. Yeah. Uh, Everything's I... Pikachu in there <laughs> as you're like looking around. Yeah. There's probably like over a dozen unique Pikachu things. Somebody has a Pikachu obsession. <laughs> Somebody. Some would say fetish even. What? And when you turn around. There's a mimic you there. And I was like, oh my God. I didn't. Sorry. So Irene, do you know the, do you know the story of mimic you? Uh, isn't it really morbid and kind of weird? Ah, uh, it's not that weird. It morbid, really. Is it For creepy? the record, mimic you is my favorite Pokemon now. Officially. When they announced it, I knew it was going to be my favorite Pokemon, and I have not backed down since. Isn't this the Pokemon that's actually something else, and it has a Pikachu costume on? Yeah, yeah. So Mimikyu is the the totem Pokemon here. It, I think it can summon like a Haunter. I uh, it's yeah. mind summoned some bleh, mind summoned a Haunter and a Gengar. Gengar? Okay, yeah. yeah. I think I, I got a Gengar. I think I only got a Haunter, and and like like most totem fashion, I never attack it until the end. Yeah. Um, but uh, just a real quick history of Mimikyu, at least what the press releases and everything said is Mimikyu kind of breaks the fourth wall of the games. Mimikyu is wearing a disguise as Pikachu. So it's, uh, you actually don't know what Mimikyu looks like. Even going to the extent of Pikachu, Mimikyu's tail is actually something the, the Pokemon underneath is holding. He's holding like a stick to look like the tail. What? But, uh, Mimikyu... Uh, all Mimikyu wants in, in life is friends, Aww. and it understands the popularity of, of Pikachu. Oh, my God. And it understands, like, Pikachu merchandise sells a lot. Pikachu's the most popular Pokemon. All the so, kids love Pikachu. So that's why Mimikyu chooses to dress up as Pikachu, because it believes if it looks like Pikachu, it will then get friends and become popular. Oh. And it has this badly drawn Pikachu face and yeah. Yeah. poorly put together Pikachu ears. And I love Mimikyu so much. Yeah, so that, that's, that's why Mimikyu is who Mimikyu is. It is a ghost fairy Pokemon. I believe the first and only ghost fairy in, in the, the series. I believe so too. And I would say that while Mimikyu wasn't too difficult, eh. Mimikyu was really good at one-shotting all my Pokemon with Play Rough. Yep. <laughs> Mimikyu also has the amazing ability. Oh my gosh! Can uh, I disguise. say what happened? Yes. Okay. Please do. So I was playing, and I kept having to ask for help because Mike and Steve were sitting right next to me when I was playing this, and they wouldn't say anything because I was like, "I'm in this trial," and they're like, ha, 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 ha. "Okay." Um. <laughs> As we do, <laughs> right? Giggle softly in the corner. <laughs> Um, Complain about so, the Pokemon anime as, as you're going through. And, and so I kept getting one shot and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, and I was reviving things and I was like, I'm just going to pull out my Plumeria, whatever, and use my Z power because I was like, maybe that, okay. Um, and so I fired it up. Pre-Marina? Yeah, sure. I was going to say, I don't think you pulled out Big Sister. Yeah, well, you know oh, what? Oh, did you say Plumeria? Thing, <laughs> I didn't even, didn't even phase me. Its name is, my, my uh, starter's name is is plumeria no i can't even remember what Guzma. Guzma? no it's named aquarius oh, okay and so i don't oh. know what the name what, Pre- sorry pre-marina but anyway, uh, continue um so i used my z power and then it was like 
Mimikyu dodged the attack with its disguise. And then it like broke. And I was just like, excuse me. Little head tips over. So, oh my God. Yeah. So it's like that. If you ever, if you've ever seen that video of the Evo, uh, like Street Fighter competition and the dude is, is playing Ryu and he fires off his super and it just gets completely blocked. And then he counters and destroys the other guy. <laughs> it's pretty much that situation uh, in Pokemon I... form. You fired up your Z power, you shot it at it, and it did literally nothing. And then it killed me. And then it played <laughs> rough. Like, oh, man. Yeah, uh... so Mimikyu's ability, which I think is just called Disguise. Yeah. Um, yeah. It pretty much lets, you, lets it survive any physical. Is it both physical and special? I think it's, I think I it's a physical attack. It might have to be physical. Because I feel I, like I didn't do any damage until its disguise broke. I, uh, Mike, I, Mike, Mike is looking that up, but it pretty much survives one hit. You can't do any damage until the disguise is broken. Um, so as Michael looks that up. It's like a freebie. Like yeah. One. So really not much much this trial. Once once you get through, Mimikyu doesn't... The, the, the problem here is Mimikyu doesn't have a lot of weaknesses. I think its only weakness is steel and poison because it is a fairy-type Pokemon. I thought it was steel and dark or, or goat no. or something. Because I kept, I kept trying to switch in between my muck and my litwick. To, to damage. To yeah, damage. I'm pretty sure it's just steel and poison. And then, yeah, maybe, I don't know. That only does one times, because... Oh, um, yeah, my Mudsdale I brought out, and then it learned a steel move right after the fight. Okay, ended, okay. And I was like, are uh, you kidding? <laughs> yeah, so so the fight was pretty okay. Uh, the the interesting thing is once that fight is over and you walk, you you get put back in the shopping center, the actual doors to that room are, are gone. They don't exist anymore. Um, actually, I think once you beat the trial, you go outside, but once you go back inside to check, cause you can catch mimic you in there if you choose to do so, the doors to that room are gone and your trainer might mention it to Ace Rola comes out and congratulates you on beating the trial. Uh, she hands you the ghost pill crystal. The, ghost yeah. The ghost pill. pill. The old ghost it's pill. It's to reverse ghostium. Ghost, ghostium. Ghost, ghostinitis. Ghostiumitis. For the record, uh, it is once per battle when it's hit by a damaging attack, including confusion damage, it will take no damage. Okay, so so physical or special or yes, self-inflicted. I feel like I might have uh, there are certain it, attacks that are not that ignore disguise, such as mold breaker, terravolt, turbo blaze, and then two that I won't mention because spoilers. Okay. Uh, it also doesn't prevent flinching from like fake out. Okay. So got it. Uh so Ace Rola congratulates you. Uh something a little weird happened. She like freaks out and her like eyes get real big and well, she Well it was well it was like ha ha ha, your poke finder started up by itself. That's funny. Like don't play jokes on me. Yeah. I'm the ghost captain. And then she says, What are you talking about? There's no back room in that supermarket yeah and then she kind of just drifted off and then like walked away yeah and uh, in the background of that you can see mimic you hanging out hanging out which i think is whether or not mimic you was controlling her or what what not if she doesn't believe there's a back room like how does she know you completed the trial 
Maybe she just thought that if Well, she you... doesn't say that you have to go to the back room for the trial. She just says she... you have to find the totem Pokemon. Yeah, with your po- she actually doesn't know what it is when you're talking to her beforehand. She yeah. just says, go in and find the Pokemon. With I don't your Pokefinder. Because I thought that it was checking the pictures to see that you had all the pictures. Yeah. Or something. When, in thinking about it, though, there's dialogue from NPCs and stuff that suggests that anybody that goes into that supermarket disappears forever. Which it's kind of messed up that she's like, here's your trial. You have to go into the supermarket. (laughs) Well, I'm just just thinking like every other trial captain watches you do the trial. Yeah, but she's like, I'm not going in there. (laughs) She's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then if you go back in, I, I'm I'm sorry if you said this I, when I was looking up the move. When you go back in, you actually can't go. There is no back yeah, room. Yeah, the yeah. doors are gone. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's that's where we'll end right there. Uh, sure. Uh, we do have to go back to the Ether House, but we'll yep. save that for the next episode. So uh, we're up to six trials under our belt. I think that's yes. the sixth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So one more trial. Uh, according to Elima, sixth cap, sixth captain trial, and yeah, grand trials don't count. I, it's so weird to me that that's like they should have named them something else. Yeah, they, trial was a bad word to right. repeat. It's like you have seven scenario. trials, but these kind of trials don't count. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're supposed to say like captains and kahunas, but like then it's like, but what, what? Yeah, yeah. it's just like when Elim, Elima, Elima. Elima. Elima like lays it out. He's like, "Hey, there's seven trials and at this point we've done more than seven." Yeah. <laughs> Which is where I started to wonder what was counting as trials, you know. Yeah, so yeah, the Kahuna so. trials don't count. So one more trial left. I would assume two more Kahuna trials since there's this island that we have to leave and then the last island. Uh so that's where we're leaving off here and then when we'll be back, we'll be talking about some stuff that I'm not going to mention because it's a little spoilery. So yeah, uh, we'll leave it off there. Probably a good idea. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragging a Lake. You can follow Irene on Twitter at Devin Carrots, and you can follow Micah on Twitter at Micah the Brave. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to tweet at any one of us, or you can just tweet at our podcast at Pokemon Podcast on Twitter. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are. Super, Super effective. Mimikyu's <laughs> Mimikyu. Mimikyu.